the today's talk is called Never Alone. And as human beings created in the image of God, we were created to never be alone. We were made for friendship, for community. We were made to be in relationship with Jesus and to have friends and, and be friends to others. And so my prayer for Joy is that she will always have great friends. You know, what a gift friendship is. And we sometimes forget just how important it is. Um, and so we pray for Joy that she'll always have friends. But that prayer is also for all of us, for all of our young people and for all of us, that we would nurture, discover, grow in friendship with each other and with others. And we would have those wonderful, wonderful friendships. You know, why is this important? Why is this never alone? Why is friendship, why is talking about this subject today so important? Well, I'm going to throw out a few stats. It's been a while since I've done a stat fest, so today is a stat fest. Um, the campaign to end loneliness, not good stats actually, to be fair. Um, the campaign to end loneliness says 85% of us felt lonely last year. 28% sometimes feel lonely, so that's more regularly. And 6% always feel lonely. You know, statistics don't tell the full picture about friendship because there is difference being able to say, I don't feel lonely, and maybe being able to say, I actually have good friendships, meaningful friendships. Mark Easton, a BBC correspondent, has been following what he has called the loneliness epidemic for the last 15 years. And in 2019, just before the pandemic, he wrote this, we've never been so connected but for millions, this is the age of loneliness. YouGov carried out a survey in 2021 on friendship, and this is what they found. Half of Britons, 51%, say they find it difficult to make new friends, while a third, 35%, find making friends fairly difficult, and 16% say they find it very difficult. Um, three in 10 say they don't have a best friend, and 31% are men and 26% of women. And one of the reasons why we do the Men's Pie Club is because it's about creating space for men to make friendships and to not feel alone. So important. So get yourself to the quiz. Um, we, of course, could dig deeper. Of the 72% of people who do not have a best friend, who do have a best friend, sorry, how often do they meet up? You know, think about your best friends. How often do you meet up? You know, is life so busy that time spent nurturing friendships is pushed to the bottom of our lists? One poll, last one, in 2018 carried out a survey on busyness. Here are a few findings. Millions of Brits are overwhelmed by mountain work pressures, busy social calendars, and financial worries, a study has found. Research revealed that two-thirds feel a constant sense of dread caused by the stress of their day-to-day -day lives. That's a scary stat. More than six out of 10 admitted struggling to keep their life organized with everything they have going on. Again, this is pre-pandemic, and the sense is, is that when it comes to belonging, loneliness, busyness, friendship, things have got worse in the last few years, rather than improved. So throw into the mix the cost of living crisis and all the limitations and stresses that brings, and it's clear we need to really explore and discover this whole idea of friendship and connection and make it one of our top 
priorities again. So what does God have to say about the life we were made for? So for those of you that are here for the first time, we've been exploring this whole theme of the life we were made for, that, that we were made by God for a purpose, and that he knows the life that will give us joy and fullness and purpose. And so we've been exploring this whole life that we were made for. And so this is about the fourth talk, I think, in the series. And we have to go back to Genesis again. And we read about the creation of human beings. And in that story, we, we read of Adam, who was the first human. And then God made this profoundly important statement. And he says this. It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I think we can fairly replace man with anyone. It's not good for anyone to be alone. We were made for friendship and community. I'm going to lay my cards on the table and been thinking about this for a while over the last couple of years as we've emerged from the pandemic. And, and I think there's a couple of things, there's probably more, but two things that I believe are really, really important barriers and challenges to the Christian faith in the 21st century UK. One is how we view money and wealth and our drive for more. I think that's a barrier, that's a challenge that runs the risk of derailing faith. And the second is how we prioritise faith, friendship, community and church in an increasingly busy world. I think those two things have the potential to really derail people's faith if we don't get them right. And they're intrinsically linked. Our drive for more often leads to busier lives with less time for friendship and community and faith and church, which leads to disconnection, stress and loneliness. So we can see how these things work together and why it's really important that we address them in our lives. You see, my prayer for joy for all our young people is that they would never experience this, that they would always prioritise Jesus and friendship above all things. In fact, that is my prayer for all of us. So we're going to explore that a little bit more. You know, the temptation when you hear a start to a talk like this is that we zone out. We go... David, if you could see my life, if you could see the list of tasks that I've got to do, if you could see what work looks like, if you could see what my house looks like, if you could just see what my life is like, you wouldn't be giving this talk. You wouldn't be making me sit through listening to this and making me feel bad. You know, that's, that's, this is not the purpose of this talk. But I do want to encourage you not to zone out and to listen. You know, I would say I probably fit into that 60% of people who are, you know, struggling to juggle things. You know, as some of you know, and, um, I've been teaching full-time as a supply teacher in the last few weeks just to kind of try and reduce the outgoings for the church. And, um, and then on top of that, I am still leading the church and with Nicola and, you know, got two children, the usual jobs, housework, all of that sort of stuff. Life is busy. So I'm like, David, why did you pick this topic? You know, maybe you're the wrong person to give this talk. You should be sat there and listening to somebody else give a talk about how to do it. And no doubt in this has been a challenging talk for me to write. But I wonder if, we, if I asked you, how many of you feel that you're in that 60%, that life is just too busy? There's just too much on. 
you feel a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe even you feel that dread that, that Paul talked about. I'm not going to ask you to do it. But I would put my hand up and say, do you know what? Life is busy. There's a lot going on. And actually, we need to think about how we readdress the balance of life. So this is the question. What needs to change so we can live our best life? The life we were made for. What needs to change so we can live our best life? I want to define our best life before I crack on. I believe God tells us that our best life is found in a vibrant relationship with Jesus. It's found with having great friendships. And it's found in being an active member of a local church family and joining Jesus on his mission. I think that is our best life. And that looks different for all of us. We all have different parts to play. All have different calls upon our lives. And when we live this better life, the life we were made for, then actually we become better spouses. We become better parents. We become better employees or employers. We become better neighbors. We become better sons and daughters. We become better people. So we might be sitting thinking, have you seen my life today, David? You wouldn't be asking me to change. It's impossible. And I think Jesus would say to you, have you seen what your life could be? You're saying this is what my life is today. How can I possibly change? And Jesus is saying to you, this is the life it could be. This is the life I made for you. So we have a journey to go on. To move from our current reality to the life we were made for. If you were around a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about... Um, I'm a science teacher, so a lot of my analogies and ideas come from science. And we were, I was teaching about negative feedback loops in homeostasis, for those of you who remember GCSE biology. And um, so, anyway, I was doing all of these things, and I thought, well, what, how does that work in terms of discipleship? And we talked about a discipleship feedback loop, and I think there's a picture I put up. And we talked about that our mindset, what we think, what we think about the world, what we think is important to us, affects our hearts. It shapes our hearts. How we feel the things, what, the things that really matter to us. Which then affects our actions, what we do. And what we do then shapes our mindsets, which then shapes our hearts, which then affects our actions. And, and it goes round and round. And this can be both positive and negative, depending upon our mindsets. So what about our mindset around friendship, connection, focusing our lives on Jesus. What about that? So if this is our mindset, life is really busy, I can't see how it's going to change, and so friendship, community, church, faith, just need to take a back seat until life gets a little bit easier. How does that mindset affect our hearts? Well, it shapes them into a heart that is all about doing, all about our lists, all about ticking things off. And so how does that affect our actions? Well, our actions, you know, are changed. We, rather than actually thinking, I'm going to hang out with that person, I'm going to build that friendship, I'm going to try and find some time to pray or read my Bible or explore faith if you're not yet a Christian, you know, rather than all of those sorts of things, or I'm going to try and get myself to church or, or, or that quiz night sounds good, you know, rather than all of that, we say, well, actually, no, I need to just tick off as many of these jobs as I can. 
And you know, the paradoxical reality of so many people who have busy lives is actually they fill it with more busyness. You know, and we, we, oh, well, I'll just take on that little task over here, or I'll just do that. And, and before we know it, we've got this, our mindset, our hearts, and our actions are driven by, well, we just need to do more. We just need to do more. And so we do less of the stuff that really gives us life. Negative feedback. But what if our, um, what if our mindset was this? I need to be less busy so that I can invest in my relationship with Jesus, nurture friendships and be an active part of a church community. What if that was our mindset? We got up each day and said, this is what I want to see in my life. Well, suddenly our hearts would be shaped towards that. You know, we would start to be hungry for friendship. We'd start to be hungry for connection with Jesus. And so that would drive our actions. It might be small, little, simple things. It, it, it might be, you know, I've, I'm not a Christian, so I'm going to look for an alpha course. I'm going to join in. I'm going to explore what this whole thing about faith is all about. Or it, it could be, you know, I'm going to come to church. Even though I don't believe, I'm going to come and just see. If we are Christians, it might be, well, I'm going to find 10 minutes a day to pray. I'm going to find, I'm just going to listen for five minutes to the Bible, you know, or, or I'm going to read, you know, read that book they've always wanted to read by one of my favorite authors, you know. It might be that we're going to invite some guys over for a meal. Even though life looks busy, we're going to say that night, we're going to get people over and sit around our dinner table and chat and do life together. Maybe it's life group. I can only make once a month, but I'm going to try. You fill in the gaps. All of a sudden, if our mindset is we want to prioritize relationship with Jesus, friendship, church and community we start to, our actions start to follow and then if we do that we, do you know what we realise here's the spoiler those things give us life those things give us life we suddenly realise actually having people over sat around our dinner table friendships give us life spending that 10 minutes each day in prayer gives us life and so our hearts get hungry for more, which then drives our actions. And before we know it, we're being discipled into the image of Jesus. Sometimes, though, it's not just small little things that need to change. You know, maybe you're sat here and you don't have time to even spend time with your wife or your husband or your children or the really important people in your life whoever they might be. Life's just so busy, you're kind of, you're just running from one thing to another. And when that's the case, then stuff needs to change more quickly. The good news is that this discipleship loop is a daily choice. We can't wake up tomorrow and suddenly have everything perfect. It's not the way life works, and that would be such a pressure to change. But what we can do is wake up each day and make a small choice to move in the direction of friendship, community, relationship with Jesus. I was really tempted to unpack in this talk what friendship is. This is what friendship is. This is what a good friend looks like. And um, this is what it looks like to be a good friend of Jesus and Jesus to be a good friend of you and, and all of that. But it, but it struck me that there's something more fundamental that we need to address. And that is understanding that our mindsets affect the direction of our life. 
What we think, what we value, affects the direction our life is going to go in. And even beyond that is what's underneath our mindset. What's driving us? Now, what's driving you? Why do you do what you do? Why do you maybe work so hard? Why? Why? What's the why of your life? Because we need to get under the skin of it and figure out what's most important to us and what's the life we were made for. So anyway, I've um, been teaching, so I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. You've got a task to do. I'm sick of myself, my own voice. Um, so I've got five questions for you. And while I'm doing that, could a couple of people give out some pens and some sheets? We ran out of white paper, so there's some on card, some on multicolored paper, and some on white. So, um, and I'm going to give you maybe three or four minutes to make a start on this. But I'd really encourage you to carry it on in the week. Okay, and there are five questions. Some of them may be relevant, some of them might only be relevant for those who have faith but maybe you want to think about them anyway. What do you want your relationship with Jesus to be like? So if you're a Christian, then that's maybe more obvious. If you're not a Christian, then maybe have a think. Is that something you want to explore? What do you want your relationship with the most important people in your life to look like? What do you want church family connection to look like? What do you want friendship to look like? What do you want your life's legacy to be? So five questions. Have a go at filling in. And then here's the thing. What are you going to do next week about it? What is that first little action that's going to move you in the direction of change in your life? You know, this is a work in progress. And I want to finish with the most important friendship that we can possibly have in life, and that is our friendship with Jesus. Um, because our friendship with Jesus will ultimately shape what we write on that sheet. Because Jesus will show us what our life looks like and what our friendship should look like and, and how we should invest in the most important people in our life and, and church community and all of that. So you know, investing in our relationship with Jesus is where it all begins. And you know, Jesus is the most perfect friend. And having said I won't tell you what a good friend looks like, I thought I would, because I want to apply it to Jesus. So this is, I found this online. I thought it was really helpful. Friends encourage us to be the best versions of ourselves, to do good. Friends forgive each other and help each other in difficulties. Friends do not gossip or listen to gossip, allowing it to hurt the friendship. Friends stick around even when things get difficult, are reliable and trustworthy. Friends give pleasant, sincere advice, seeking our growth and maturity. Friends honor each other above themselves. Friends love each other the same way Christ loves us. Friends challenge each other to live a godly life. Friends are not bad-tempered. Friends never withhold kindness and mercy. This is Jesus. He is passionate about us being the best version of ourselves and discovering the life we were made for. He always forgives us. 
He never changes. He always sees the best in us. He is always there in the difficult times. He is utterly reliable and trustworthy. He gives the best advice because he knows what we were made for. He honors us. He even died for us. He loves us unconditionally. He is never bad-tempered with us, but is kind, compassionate, and merciful to us. Jesus always gives us what we need, even if it's not always what we want, because he knows the life we were made for. You know, when we think about all the other elements of our life, it has to start with Jesus and his truth and wisdom. He can show us what our relationships with the most important people in our life should look like. He can show us what our connection with the church family should be like. He can show us what it means to be a great friend and how we can nurture friendships. He can show us what we were made for and the legacy of our life. And here's the crucial bit. Jesus' picture of our future, his destination for our life, might well be different even to what we've written on that sheet of paper today. Jesus is not only there to help in life. He's not just a crutch that we call out to when stuff gets hard. He is a good friend, and he is always there for us. But he is also Lord and Savior. He is also King. And so he wants to show us the life we were created for. See, I was chatting to my friend and mentor, Steve Nicholson, this week. And we were reflecting on what is the greatest need of Christians in the 21st century, particularly in the West. And we landed on the reality that it's discipleship. That discipleship is what matters. That we need to learn more and more how to imitate Jesus in our thought, word, and deed and to let him set the destination of our life. And so, you know, when we think about this series, the life we were made for, you know, it's not a series about positive thinking. Okay, it's not a series about this great aspirations of thinking, oh, we're, we're made for these wonderful things. It's actually a series about discipleship and choices. It's a series about what life do we want to live? Who do we want to set the direction of our life? Who do we think knows best about what we were created for? A few years ago, I um, did another talk on belonging and loneliness. And I made this correlation. And I'm going to finish with this thought. The increase in loneliness and isolation correlates really nicely, or not so nicely, should I say, to the decrease in church attendance and faith in Jesus. If you look at the epidemic of loneliness and isolation, even anxiety and depression, it correlates, tracks, with the decrease in church attendance and people's belief in Jesus. Discipleship is so important. Our walk with Jesus is so important because life comes from that relationship. So why have I spent so much time talking about our own discipleship in a talk all about friendship and connection? Because do you know what? If we know Jesus, we are never alone. And if we know Jesus, he will set us on a path that will give us life in all of its fullness. Life is a journey. This talk is not about making us feel bad about where we are today. 
It's about inclusions on a journey. A journey of daily choices to move from where we are now to where Jesus wants us to be. And it's a, it's a journey of daily choices. So it starts today. Only Jesus can show us the life we were made for. But we were made for more. More than what we're experiencing today. So to discover that, we need to be a friend and disciple of Jesus.